I had the privilege of serving my country in the United States Marine Corps. So uh, Mr. O'Donnell asked me to present. On the, uh, the slide here, that was, my, uh, that was my job, my billet in the Marine Corps. Flew the uh, KC-130 aircraft. And today, I want to present to you an idea and an ethic, really, about uh, leadership, and specifically flight leadership. Okay, in the Marine Corps, uh, various uh, various jobs, collateral duties, but one of uh, one of the uh, the, mo the more special privileges or duties I had was as a formation instructor. So a formation is, as you see in that in that picture, it's when uh, two or more aircraft fly together uh, in the sky for a common goal or a common mission. Uh, and, and we'll, uh, I, I could go into all the reasons for that, but uh, this is what it looks like. So this is a division of uh, KC-130s in the Marine Corps, and this is just a couple of days after 9-11, uh, so September 11, 2001. Uh, we were mobilized out of Okinawa, Japan, uh, in, in what would become Operation Enduring Freedom. So this was kind of a significant, uh, this was a significant formation flight. At the, at the time of this picture, I was just a co-pilot in the right seat. Just happened to be uh, in the right place at the right time to be part of this. All right, so in, um, in formation flying, there's, uh, there are two things that we're going to talk about today. There's one, the skill of actually flying in formation. I've got some videos uh, for you that, uh, that we took while I was in, on active duty. And then another aspect, uh, once you're no, you're, you're no longer just the pilot flying the aircraft, but you're the leader, like in this case, the division leaders in the number one aircraft on the far upper left-hand corner, that's the division lead. And there's a lot more to uh, conducting this mission and accomplishing the mission than just flying the aircraft. And that's the other part I want to talk to you about. Okay, so as a uh, as a formation instructor, uh, we we taught that precision is paramount. Precise, being very precise in your flying, it's uh, it's it's very similar to school. Maybe studying uh, Latin, your vowels, your transitions, uh, math, Singapore math, uh, the operations that you do in math uh, require a lot of precision, right? There are procedures that you have to take. Well, that's the same. That's the same with uh, formation flying. There's a very uh, strict uh, parameter uh, with uh, with where you position yourself with the other aircraft, and the reason why is to accomplish the mission. But there's a very low tolerance for deviation. It's inherently consequential. Okay, it's it, it's very it's very dangerous. But that's, that's nothing new to you. Everything we do is dangerous. Driving to school in the morning is dangerous. Uh, riding the, uh, uh, the BMX track, the pump track is dangerous. Surfing and big winter swell is, is certainly dangerous. But all of these activities require precision, as do formation flying. You can do it safely all day long, 24-7. Uh, uh, good weather, bad weather, any climb or place, as the Marine Corps uh, says, but you have to be very, very precise. So what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to teach you some basics of formation flying. How does that sound? Yeah. All right? Okay. So first step, take a look at this picture here. That's, that's actually me in the left seat. 
And how does that look? Does that look like a good formation picture? No, no, okay. I, now, I really thought Mrs. Myers may pipe in, or uh, let's see, the, the Losies might pipe in. What do you think, Lauren? Ooh, we can get closer. In the, in the, in the Marine Corps, we're going to get a lot closer. So uh, uh, I'd, I'll hold off on this. So, so we're going to learn a, bit, a little bit about formation flying. Okay, so the, so the key component of precise aircraft control while flying formation is called the 45-degree bearing line, bearing line control. So that's a picture out of my, um, my tactical pocket guide, which is a memento I got to uh, take with me once I left the Marine Corps, and, and you guys can come up and take a look at it. In this, in this pocket guide, it describes uh, formation flying, and this is how we, how we learned and how we taught. Uh, so these are some, some notes that I had made. So if you see the blue line there, that's an imaginary bearing line from the lead aircraft to the following aircraft. Okay, so the, the, uh, the following aircraft is known as dash two. And if there's a third, third aircraft, it'd be dash three, dash four, so on and so forth. So here's a, uh, here's a section of Herx. So whenever you have two aircraft, it's called a section. And the following aircraft, Dash 2, his uh, goal in, in actually flying the aircraft is to maintain a 45-degree bearing line, which is that blue, that blue line. If you're forward of that 45-degree bearing line, you're known as acute. And that's actually a very dangerous position to be in. There have been a number of uh, accidents, mishaps, unfortunately, because aircraft have gone acute on each other. And if you're behind the bearing line, it's called sucked. Okay, it's not uh, it's not near as dangerous, but you're you're considered out of formation. You're not in position. So if you look at that picture, we're going to go back uh, the slide previous. So how does that look, St. Abe's? Is that on bearing line? Is it acute or is it sucked? Uh, Mr. Schwager says he's shaking his head. It's acute. Very good. So can you guys picture that? So so in that position, I'm forward of the 45-degree bearing line, and I'm acute. Now, I was doing that on purpose for demonstration purposes. <laughs> or maybe not. My call sign was shaky. Okay. Okay, so maintaining uh, proper 45-degree bearing uh, is, is the goal in, in basic formation flying. Once on the bearing, you can safely move up and down that 45-degree bearing uh, with throttle. So how one gets to the bearing is you use the ailerons, you use the wings. So let's say if, if I'm the dash two position and I'm, I'm back here like this, I would actually put in some right aileron and I'd fly outboard of lead until I intersected that 45-degree bearing. Once I get it, I would then add power and I would move up on the bearing line closer to the other aircraft. And as you can see, we, we do get a lot closer. This is actually supposed to be a proper right-hand parade position, uh, 20 feet laterally, 20 feet vertically from the lead aircraft. <clears throat> so being able to uh, maintain your 45-degree bearing line is considered, um, that's, that's the nirvana of formation flying, okay? So I'm going to show you a video next. So if you remember, as I described, you're going to use ailerons to get that bearing line, and then you use power to move up and down on the bearing line. 
So what I want you to, what I want you to see here is, is look at the, the size of the aircraft at the beginning of the video. We're going to start on bearing line, and we're going to add power, and we're going to move up that bearing line closer to the lead aircraft. Just, uh, so just notice the size of the aircraft as we move, move up the bearing line. See that's a little bit bigger? bearing line? Okay, so that's called bearing line control. Okay, the next thing I'm going to teach you is the cross-under maneuver. So in this picture here out of the tactical pocket guide, uh, we're going to start in the right-hand parade position. We're going to move from one bearing line, the right-hand 45-degree bearing line, and we're going to move over to the left-hand 45-degree uh, bearing line. So how are we going to do this? It's a, it takes a little bit more aircraft control, so you can see the procedures there on the right. First thing we're going to do, we're going to increase the step-down. So we start at 20 feet vertically from the lead aircraft. What we're going to do is we're going to use elevator, we're going to push the nose down, and we're going to increase the step-down from lead about to 40 feet. We're going to double it. We're going to go 40 feet below lead, and the reason why is because we're going to pass underneath lead's tail, and you're going to see that. So if, if you don't increase the step down, you, you might hit lead's uh, tail, especially if you hit a little bump of turbulence. The next thing you're going to do, you're going to use aileron, and you're going to put about uh, a 2 to 3 degree heading difference between you and the lead aircraft, and that's going to begin a cr the actual cross-under maneuver. What's interesting about that is once you put in uh, two to three degrees of heading change, you have to actually take it out. You don't want to increase bank and increase your heading because then you'll actually go too fast across lead. This is a very controlled, precise maneuver. Okay, once you get over to the left-hand 45-degree bearing line, now what we're going to do is we're going to use power and pitch, and we're going to we're going to increase this. We're going to decrease the step down and come up into that that 20-foot uh, 20 step-down position, and then we're going to maintain bearing line on the opposite side. Sorry for the sound, guys. It, it, uh, I don't know why it's not working. So here we're starting on the left-hand side. Increase the step-down. Here comes the heading change. Once you get over here, then you take that heading change out, neutralize the controls, add power, and you step back up into the parade. Okay, now this is now we're gonna do the same thing from the right hand side back to the left. So that's the parade position. There's the heading change coming underneath, underneath the lead aircraft. And then once you get to this side, 
going to be a little bit of right aileron to cancel that heading change, stabilize, add power, and, and you should see me go back up into the, the standard parade position on the 45 degree bearing. See how the aircraft's moving up? Okay, so now that you got the basics, you guys ready to go lead a flight? Yeah? Okay, first, first graders say, yeah, they're ready to go. Okay. All right. So if you're not, what other skills might you need? Is it enough to, to be able to, to uh, precisely control the aircraft and perform these maneuvers? Is it enough? What would we need to take a division of Herc's and go support Operation Enduring Freedom or Operation Iraqi Freedom? What, what would you need? It's not, not rhetorical. And any, any offers? Bella Myers. Learn how to use the plane. Yeah. How about some, how about some leadership? Gabe White? What's that? Learn what everybody does. Okay. That's, a, that's exactly correct. So what I want to offer to you, St. Abe's, and this is really why Mr. O'Donnell asked me to speak to you, uh, flying the aircraft, or let's say employing the aircraft, is much more than the skill of moving around uh, lead and, and, fl and flying a very precise uh, bearing line. There's much more to that. And in the Marine Corps and in all the services, we really emphasize leadership. That's really what it's about. That's, that's how, you, how you accomplish a mission, okay? And ultimately, we serve our country faithfully and well. Uh, and th there's a tie-in here, too. Um, uh, what I write up there is the calling of a U.S. Marine is leadership and also as a Christian in your local community. So this book that you see up here, Leading Marines, this is what they hand out to you when you, when you begin uh, officer candidate school. And, and I've held on to mine. And they expect you to, uh, to know this material throughout your entire career. And I would say it definitely, it, it did definitely help me. Okay, so uh, some of these bullet points are kind of hard to read. Uh, during my time in the Marine Corps, um, some, uh, some aviators got themselves into trouble uh, during uh, some, formation, some formation flights. Um, some airplanes uh, went uh, very low on gas. They went into bad weather. They had aircraft malfunctions that they, uh, they weren't uh, exactly ready to handle. Uh, they had to divert. Uh, sometimes they diverted to airports that weren't um, capable of, uh, of handling uh, the type of aircraft that they had. So the Commandant of the Marine Corps uh, had us go back to the basics, back to that, that book title that you just saw, Leading Marines. And he wanted to emphasize that being a division lead or a section lead or even, you know, uh, one of the formation aircraft, it was much more than just flying the aircraft. It wasn't enough to have a fancy patch on your, on your flight suit uh, from Top Gun or uh, WTI, some of these things. You, you, he needed leaders. So I'm going to read through some of these. Okay, so the first thing is the, uh, uh, 
the, the flight lead has to plan, brief, and then debrief all of the events. It's a, it's a pretty arduous task. So here's, here's my tactical pilot guide, and here's the formation section. And you can see notes that I wrote on the last formation flight that I ever briefed. I'm not sure what year it was exactly. But this is what you would actually do with all crew members of, of all the aircraft in your formation flight. And there's a lot of planning that, that goes into this. It, it's like doing your homework before, uh, before a test or a project. It can take several, several hours. And, and I would say the planning and the preparation for a, a, a formation brief takes much longer oftentimes than the actual flight or the mission itself. Um, and then uh, under B there, it says flight leader performance standards. Maintain situ situational awareness. That means paying attention. How often do your teachers or your parents say, be observant, pay attention. Don't just go to automatic pilot and tune out. Always be aware of your surroundings. And for flying, that means paying attention to the, the changing weather, the changing conditions of, uh, of the mission maybe that, maybe that you're in, maybe the changing fuel status, because that's always changing, right? Uh, make sound administrative and tactical decisions. Uh, adhere to standard operating procedures. That means following the rules. But before you follow the rules, you have to know the rules, right? Maybe not memorize, but you have to know where to find them and have a working knowledge of how, of how, of how they work and what would apply in your specific situation. Uh, demonstrate sound tactical execution. Respond to unplanned circumstances. Communicate intentions to the flight. Accurately recall, reconstruct event, and debrief learning points. The debrief. That's actually one of the toughest things that you have to do as a, uh, as a formation leader. So you have, uh, you have peers, same rank, aviators trained just like you, but you have to critique and debrief all of their mistakes. And let me tell you, every time you fly, you're going to make mistakes. So back me up, uh, Bobby, Mark, and Lauren, or maybe it's just me, but I, I, I probably average several per flight hour. I think, I think what they say is the difference is uh, errors can be consequential or non-consequential. So as a, as a flight leader, that's what you have to do. You have to basically beat up your flight with dignity and respect, but you have to do it. That's your responsibility. And a lot of times leaders are not popular for that reason, but you have to be able to, to balance that and do that. Okay, now here's, here's, the, here's the point that I really wanted to emphasize with you, responsibility. A flight leader is responsible for every aircraft in his formation. And this was eye-opening to me as a young Marine Corps officer and aviator. I could not really wrap my mental arms around the fact that as a flight leader, I was responsible for the actions of aircraft and crew that I was not flying. Think about that. Let that sink in. That's responsibility. And the reason uh, it's set up this way is as a, as a strategic, uh, as a strat rack, a strategic refueling area commander, you're responsible for, for all aircraft in your area. You manage their fuel, their navigation. If they have a mechanical malfunction, you direct them where they divert. 
and you basically set up the administrative and execution of that divert. And I saw this play out time and time again because F-18 Hornets always have a knack for breaking over the Hawaiian Islands. <laughs> but it's a lot of responsibility uh, in, in all seriousness. Um, probably the hardest part is, is managing the weather. Uh, so usually, so down there in the middle is the, uh, is the division of C-130s. One of those will detach and go about 100 miles ahead of the formation, and they're known as the weather recce. So they check, they check the weather along the route, and they report over the radio back to the division leader, the strat rack, and let him know or her know what the weather looks like ahead and if they need to deviate around weather because in a formation, you have to be able to see each other. And then managing uh, the fuel of all your receiver aircraft, like you see the F-18 Hornet on the left and the MV-22 Osprey on the right. And it's not just one or two. It's usually several. But responsibility. Don't shy away from responsibility, guys. That is the burden of a leader. Okay? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this to you. Uh, there's there's a there's a, a moral component to uh, to leadership, and this is out of that book, Leading Marines. The moral courage of leaders is the key to keeping effective combat units from becoming armed mobs. Even if even if they're really good and they have a lot of skill at what they do, moral courage is a private courage, a form of conscience that can often be an even tougher challenge than physical courage especially in peacetime. It serves not only as a foundation of our leadership philosophy, it, also, it is also a challenge that Marine leaders must face every day. If Marines do not have the moral courage in peacetime to meet consistently the high standards and expectations of the Marine Corps, then they are not likely to have the moral courage to make the difficult decisions that may determine the outcome of a battle or a campaign. So those videos I showed you uh, were taken in a very academic environment. We were over in New Mexico or Texas or something. Beautiful weather, a bluebird day, and we did that so that we could uh, train new uh, formation pilots in the ready room before we actually take them flying. It was an academic environment, okay? Flying in Iraq and Afghanistan, you fly on NBGs most of the time so that you don't get shot, so you don't get shot down. So you're wearing this helmet right here. So if you noticed in the videos, I wasn't wearing a helmet. We wear a helmet uh, for, uh, not to protect us from, this helmet's not gonna, it's not gonna stop a bullet. This holds NBGs on the front so that we can fly at night and see the other aircraft. As you can see in the, in the far right-hand corner, uh, you're wearing um, uh, a weapon holstered. You have uh, body armor on. And that's what it looks like, the, the, the two pictures on the left, that's what it looks like with NVGs on. Totally different picture. It's a lot harder. So you've got to practice leadership effectiveness in the academic environment in peacetime. Uh, and for you guys, right here in school, it's very important to practice these things because... Here's a couple of verses that I'd like to share with you here. First one's out of Proverbs. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. So practice leadership. Practice responsibility. 
Hone your skills. They are important, but don't rely on them. Practice being a leader now for the day of adversity. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Can we all stand and and just honor uh, Mr. Reynolds and other veterans who are in the room as well? Let's give them a say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. I'm going to pray. That was so excellent. I'm going to talk about. I'm going to. I'm going to talk about that presentation for uh, next time as well. That was so good. Thank you, Jake. That was awesome. Um, Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, veterans who have uh, given up uh, their freedom and, uh, Lord, gone to go um, into dangerous places and to serve, uh, uh, serve us, to serve their country, uh, serve this social order that is hard to build and easy to lose. We pray that you would have mercy on us and that you would continue to allow uh, courage to be at the center of our virtues, um, uh, Lord, uh, and to imitate you in all we do. We pray that you protect us in this week, uh, and we pray that you would uh, go help us to uh, serve each other, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Off you go.